Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Check with Tech, your guide to all things tech. I'm your host, Isina Azam, and let's get started, shall we? So first things first, you know, ever since NVIDIA has announced that they're looking into uh, acquiring ARM, um, the, a lot of people were for the idea, and a lot of people are against the idea. I'm honestly in between. I mean, like, as long as ARM and NVIDIA still produce good products, that's alright with me. And apparently Google, Microsoft, and other companies are on the opposite side. So what am I talking about exactly? Google, Microsoft, and Qualcomm, all three of them want NVIDIA to not buy ARM. So after some research uh, into what this you know, situation is actually about, um, it's actually pretty complex. I'm going to try my best uh, to simplify everything for you. So basically you have NVIDIA, which specializes in uh, the production of graphics cards for computers and laptops, and you have ARM, which specializes in open license CPUs for both uh, laptops and desktops. So NVIDIA wants to acquire ARM uh, because, you know, they see that ARM has a potential to bring a lot of profit. So much so that NVIDIA is willing to pay up to $40 billion for ARM. And Qualcomm, you know, who depends on ARM's open licenses for their CPUs, is afraid that NVIDIA, after acquiring ARM, will change current contracts between the two companies. And Google and Microsoft, too, are also joining the chat because, you know, they're also looking into making their own chips and they also depend on ARM, too, if they do that. So yeah, if NVIDIA acquires ARM, they're going to be much more powerful than they used to be because now they basically control the entire chip manufacturing industry. So if this, you know, acquisition actually works out well for NVIDIA, that means NVIDIA can, you know, choose uh, who uh, gets the license to use uh, their GPUs and ARM's CPUs as well. So yeah, it's going to be really risky. You know, for other companies, but you know, NVIDIA is still going to get the money. So, uh, on December 8th, 2020, um, uh, Apple requires that all apps found in the App Store, uh, they have to fill out uh, a table full of all the information that that specific app um, takes and uses from the phone and um, the data it uses to identify you. So, for example, Facebook uses uh, your contact info and identifiers to track you and health and fitness purchases, financial info, location, contact info, contacts, user content, search history, browsing history, identifies usage data, sensitive info, diagnostics, and other data to link it to you, or more specifically, your account. So today we're not talking about the fact that Facebook uses a lot of data from your phone. Instead, we're looking at Google who didn't fill out the form on December 8th. And the reason behind that is, they didn't even update it until a couple of days ago. So, here's uh, the context. Um, Apple just dropped uh, iOS 14 a couple of months ago. And with that uh, came the addition uh, of a brand new feature that enforced, uh, you know, uh, privacy and what apps actually know about you. Um, and in my opinion, that's a great idea. Why wouldn't anyone know what the Facebook or 
um, any other app is using about you. And yes, there are certain companies that didn't like the idea. Um, Facebook, of course, being the most prominent example. But basically, you have to update your app before December 8th. And with that said update, you have to fill out the table that said what information that specific app is using. So Google's apps, for example, Gmail, Google Photos, uh, and Google Maps on iOS did not get an update since before December 8th. So I don't know why, but recently there was this um, pop-up uh, coming up to most of Google's apps on iOS only that urged you to update the app. Um, uh, it said this specifically, this app is out of date, you should update this app. The version you're using doesn't include the latest security features to keep you protected. Only continue if you understand the risks. And guess what? There wasn't an update. I mean, yeah, Google does update its iOS apps on average like five times a year. But never this year, no. Now as to why that pop-up even came in the first place, I have no idea. Maybe it was just um, a timer uh, as to how long you've been using this specific version. That was probably implemented in the app's code. Now Google has started uh, rolling out these new updates. But still, I mean, why confuse so many people about an update that never even existed until almost a couple of days later? And speaking of Google, um, of course, they want money. Uh, I think it was already prevalent in the amount of YouTube ads that has been around the past couple of months. I mean, who doesn't want to watch three ads just to watch a video of how to do CPR to save someone's life? So... As you know, uh, Google likes to do uh, cool exclusive features only to Pixel phones, but later to then remove or make it useless entirely. For example, when Google announced that future um, Pixel phones will no longer have unlimited original resolution support on Google Photos. And case in point, this new headline that Google announced that, um, you know, Portrait Blur and ColourPop options, you know, which were Pixel-exclusive features on Google Photos, is now available to all Android devices, but get this, if you're subscribed to Google One. Now, there may be some uh, of you out there who don't even know what Google One is. Um, basically, Google One uh, is a subscription service uh, that gives you more storage than the 15 gigabytes of free storage you get whenever you sign up for a Google account. And get this, it starts at $2 a month for 100 gigabytes of storage. It's not expensive, but when you put really simple features such as a filter option on a photo behind a paywall, no matter how cheap it is, I, I just don't think this is a good idea. Yes, uh, Pixel owners do still have the option to use it for free, but um, if you don't have a Pixel phone uh, and... It is common because Pixel phones aren't in every market in the world. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay. But then again, the built-in camera app on your phone probably has these features already. Maybe Google does them better. Maybe their algorithm is way above something like Xiaomi's or Samsung's. But it still works, right? Overall, I've never used these features. I don't think I will ever f use these features. Um, but... I know a lot of people who like to add filters and portrait effects on their photos and 
yeah, none of them use Google Photos for that. But still, it there is a complete possibility that someone depends on those features on his Pixel phone, and when he gets a new phone, uh, he's gonna have, you know, to pay an extra two dollars a month to use these features. But I mean, phones have a lot of really cool features. I mean, for example, uh, Samsung and Apple make fantastic portrait photos. I mean, I'm I really don't. Uh, know exactly why I would take a regular photo and then put in a portrait effect uh, afterwards. You could have you could have just taken a portrait photo from the camera app, but that's fine. Uh, what I'm saying is a lot of people and and a lot of phones have these features, and everyone has the choice to do it for free. But maybe um, ever since you know Apple removed the headphone jack. Um, in the iPhone 7 uh, and later to introduce uh, you know the airpods maybe that's what started all of this you know removal of features and of course putting them behind a paywall case in point Xiaomi's latest concept phone so hear me out Xiaomi made a concept phone so it doesn't exist yet where basically the screen is curved nothing new but it's curved on all four sides. So not just on the right and left side, but also on the top and bottom. It is useless, but it is a good, uh, it's a new idea. So I do understand um, the reason for why they did this idea in the first place. Um, so, it can so it can make the phone feel more bezel-less. I mean, I remember back when the Galaxy S6 Edge first came out uh, with uh, the first ever major... A smartphone with a curved screen there's a big difference in the bezel size if you compared it to the s5 yeah you could definitely tell that the side bezels are significantly smaller and thinner than from the predecessor um, and you know the steeper or the more curved the sides are the thinner the bezels seem so I think that Xiaomi did this idea so that it can also work on a top and bottom bezels uh, you know, they're actually really known for having thicker bezels than the sides, even if uh, the screen isn't curved, because on the top you have a notch, or sometimes a hole punch cut out for the selfie camera, uh, and on the bottom, on the bottom you have a chin, so that uh, the display on the, on the inside of the phone can get its electricity. Apple did solve this by curving... Um, uh, this and the display even more to uh, to the other side. It's a bit complex, but basically, uh, they curved um, the bottom of the display, not the screen, the display, but um, by 180 degrees, so that it the chin is thinner. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, this isn't the first time a company has tried to make bezels thinner. But I am curious to see how that will work out. I mean, is there really a future where? Um, you know, the whole body of the phone is just a screen. So yeah, this concept really does raise some questions. And another feature uh, of this uh, quote-unquote phone is that it doesn't have a charging port. So that means you can't charge it wired. You have to charge it wirelessly or remotely. Is it futuristic? Absolutely. Is it useful nowadays? No. But I can see a future in the next 10 to 15 years where charging ports aren't really a thing in phones and... Uh, it would be a joke to find out if someone actually used, uh, you know, a wire to charge this one. I mean, that would be pretty embarrassing if someone did that in the future. But yeah, for now, 
Wired is the way to go. Some people use wireless charging, but it is, you know, less efficient, um, hotter, it makes your phone hotter, and is way slower. There are exceptions, but most of them are. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for tiny topics. Um, there's only one tiny topic, and Spotify uh, has confirmed that it is finally testing um, a feature in which uh, lyrics are displayed live while a song is playing in the US. And with that, we close the book of everything that's happened this week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to listen to the other episodes of the podcast. And don't be afraid to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, this is Yassin Azam, signing out. See you next weekend.